I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. Welcome to Shifting Ears. This is the Valley Metro internal podcast talking all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency behind the scenes and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Maddie. Brittany. I am so excited because this year I'm going to hit my five-year milestone at Valley Metro. Congratulations. I'm only at almost four, so you've got me beat on that one. I remember the first Christmas party where people were getting recognized for their milestones, and I was just excited to finally get to my five-year. So there's a lot of people around Valley Metro who have been here much longer than you and I. Yes, that's definitely true. And obviously, our agency has such an interesting history that we wanted to talk to several of them and kind of get their perspective on what it's been like to work at Valley Metro through the years. In this episode of Shifting Ears, we are so excited to talk to fellow employees about their time at Valley Metro and how things have changed over the years. Aaron Xavier, I'm a service planner at Valley Metro here, and I've been here a little over five years. My name is MB Finnerty. I am the public art administrator with Valley Metro, and I have been here approximately 20 years. Pat Dillon, I am the manager of board and executive initiatives here at Valley Metro. I've worked at Valley Metro for 35 years. Lillian Duarte, I'm a program supervisor in the Commute Solutions Department of Communications and Strategic Initiatives. And actually, I just celebrated my 36th anniversary with the agency on January 12th. So I started when I was like 10. (laughs) Why did you want to join Valley Metro? It was sort of a happenstance position. Valley Metro was originally the Regional Public Transportation Authority, and it was started out of legislation back in 1985-86, and we opened an office, and they were just hiring staff, and I had been a student worker for the City of Phoenix Public Transit Department in the summer, and by the fall, I was offered a position to basically be a jack-of-all-trades, running errands, getting lunch, ordering supplies, picking things up, dropping things off, and it just sort of snowballed into a full-time position doing receptionist duties, mail duties, you know, errands, all of those kinds of things that you do in a small startup office. And then it went into becoming more of an administrative assistant. And we started out with a staff of maybe 14 people. I did things from, like I said, running errands to typing up payroll checks on a typewriter with carbon copy checks for, you know, the 14 or so people that worked for us. And then as the staff grew and more and more departments were developed, I took on a more of administrative assistant role and sort of stayed on the side of the way the board agendas were developed and the different committee meetings were developed and just kept going from there. So I had a job, I was with the public art department in the city of Mesa, back when they had a public art group, and my position was not going to be there any longer, so I needed to get another job. I was actually applying to be a 911 operator, which I had already passed the test in two or three of the cities, and at that time, I saw someone had told me, well, you know, Valley Metro is looking for a public art administrator. And I knew about Valley Metro because Tad Sabinar, who was our lead artist at the time, they had worked with Mesa. He was in charge of the public art program. He was trying to kind of build it up. And they had gone to the other cities where Valley Metro would have been 
having the light rail come through. And so I knew about the Valley Metro and it sounded really exciting. And I thought there's no way that I will ever get that job because it's too exciting and you know, you just don't get those kind of great jobs. So, but I thought, well, I should apply. And I had applied at the City of Phoenix Public Art Program as well and missed out on the City of Phoenix one, got a second interview, but came here, did the interview. I almost didn't come because I thought there's just no way I'll get it. And, you know, as, as fate happened, I did get it. So that's how I was very excited. I was excited about light rail as well as the idea that there was public art with light rail and that that would be so linked. So it was pretty exciting. When I joined the agency back in 1987, it was known as the Regional Public Transportation Authority. And I think being in on the ground floor of this newly formed agency presented an exciting opportunity to see transit options and other things expand in the area. And I was excited at the prospect of learning more about the industry and possibly affecting change. And the other thing is I really liked the people. So when I came in for the interview, the people were just so nice and friendly within the agency that I left the interview going, gosh, I would really love to work there. And I got lucky. I had a background in planning and was kind of narrowing in on transportation as I moved from the Northeast, came across the country. I knew I wanted to be in a position and I knew I wanted to be in transportation planning. And so luckily there was one available here. And so I threw my hat in the ring, but I think Valley Metro specifically was something that interested me because I always prefer the public sector work, I think, over you know some of the more private firms because you really get invested in the community. You're working you know, in the community that you're living in and you're getting to see the fruits of your labor. So I think Valley Metro, that's a pretty obvious thing. Every time you see a bus, every time you hear a train, it's kind of like a point of pride that you can say, like, I'm part of that. What is one of your earliest memories from working at Valley Metro? Lots and lots of hours, lots of overwhelming, my God, this job is huge. At the time, I think I had 27 artists and I was alone. I mean, I had Ted Savener and Betsy Mall, who was the architectural manager at the time, who were fabulous. They brought me on kind of saying, hey, this is your program, but we've set it up for you and we just want you to build it and go and we're here for you. And they were wonderful, very supportive, but it was a lot. I think my earliest recollection was really a combination of this is so exciting because we were, I was working with the design team and we were in the preliminary engineering stage trying to figure out how the stations were going to look. And the process included bringing on design team architects. We had five architectural teams and we had five design team artists that work with those teams. And we actually did a charrette. And I don't, I'm sure some people know this, but I think it's such old history that not everyone does. We actually had, because we had five architects, we had each team created a prototype for the station. It was fabulous. So they then had a charrette and we had a huge committee that Betsy had put together of community stakeholders and politicians and everybody. And they kind of voted. And the system that we have now, the station that we have now was actually the line section five was Architecton and my two artists who were the stakeholders. So it was just constant like learning and excitement and a ton of work because I had to get all these artists. I had to complete from scratch, make a procurement. I had to go out and, you know, get the artists involved. So yeah, it was just lots and lots of work and lots of learning. And wow, this is exciting. I think my earliest memory was actually I started right around Christmas. I think the first day I was here was the Christmas party. And so it was like a real whirlwind tour of like eating like Vienna sausages and meeting Wolf and like going to the White Elephant, even though I was kind of empty handed. It was more like you know, between these kind of orientations where you're like, oh, what's your medical plan and what's your 
some HR stuff, then also Here's the White Elephant. And so that always kind of stuck with me of meeting Omar and Carol and Joe and kind of the whole crew in this unusual setting. But it was good because everyone seemed really laid back and thought it was a pretty inviting way to start the position here. One of the earliest things I remember is when Rideshare was part of our office like it is today. However, it was more just carpool matching and it was growing into being the department that it is today. But people would call in and you would have to take their information about you know, where they were going and where they lived. And then that information was put into a computer and the computer made matches. And then all of those things would be hard printed out in a letter form. And you'd have to fold them and put them in the envelopes, you know, doing mass mailings. When we would put the board packet out, we would have to make probably 150 copies paper copies, and all of the memos were on different colors of paper. And so we'd have to label each thing, like what color it was going to be on, how many copies we needed, make sure they got all copied, and then take those out and put them on a counter. And we'd have to manually compile all of the packets, put them in envelopes, and then, you know, get them either in the mail, and then you'd have to print out labels. And it was such a labor, but that was the sign of the times then, having a fax machine and getting the fax machine installed in the office and be able to send things out and then receiving faxes on thermal paper. That was a big deal to have the fax machine in the office. Wow. And everybody was getting their, yeah, everybody <laughs> was getting their own computers mm-hmm. and using a floppy disk and then down to the compact disk. And now it's not even a thing. You're down to a USB thumb drive. So <laughs> lots of things have changed. Lots of things have changed. <laughs> There's... A lot of great memories from that earliest time, but I think some of the things that really are highlighted to me are there was about 12 people in the agency at the time, and so it was very family-like atmosphere. And my first memories starting were having people like the late Scottsdale Mayor Herb Drinkwater or Ed Pastor, who was the Maricopa County Supervisor at that time, also come to the office or call. And it was just really exciting because it was like meeting local celebrities, right? And even former county attorney Bruce Babbitt would call and come in. And so that was really kind of an exciting time because there was just so many things going on with the agency and trying to get more transit options passed for the region. Also, our first director, Larry Miller, he was a great person to work for, and he really cared about the employees, and he made everyone feel valued and appreciated. And I think that that commitment to caring about employees has definitely translated over the years from past leadership to current. You said it. You started here when it was just RPTA. So you have been here for the full growth of Valley Metro. How has it really changed over the years? Gosh, well, one of the major things is it certainly has gotten bigger, right? So in those days, knowing everyone, you'd see everyone all the time. It's now like an extended family. So, you know, when you go to those family reunions and you kind of look at faces and you don't really know their names, but you know that you've seen them before. I think that's the biggest thing. Obviously, the options in terms of transit have really expanded from, you know, just bus back then to more things like light rail, streetcar, express and rapid, even the local circulators. So things like that were not available back then. In some ways, it's changed a lot, and in other ways, it hasn't changed at all. 
and you planned for that before. Because when we were new, to me, it seemed like there was a kind of a group who was constantly amazed at all the new things that were happening. And then there was this group of professionals. Everyone was professional, but there were a lot of people, I think, light rail in particular, but maybe the transit agency and agencies in general, are, they move around a lot. So you'll have somebody who is working as a consultant becomes an agency and someone who is agency then becomes consultant. And they just keep, they kind of keep rotating. So the people who were working, a lot of them knew what they were doing because they'd already worked with other agencies and other transit agencies, but a lot of the Valley Metro employees were kind of new to it. And so in that regard, it seems like now it's old hat. We know what we're doing. Even, you know, you bring someone new on, they just immediately get swept up into the, yeah, this is what we do and this is how we do it. We're always striving for innovation. But that sense of, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Because it hadn't been done in Phoenix and Tempe and Mesa. We were dealing with a lot of concerns of, will anyone like it? Will anyone use it? There was a big faction that this is a waste of taxpayer dollars. I mean, there still is that, but it's muted because we're a proven commodity now. Before, it was unproven. We didn't know this could have been just a big a debacle of, okay, that was lovely. Now we have 20 miles of, of a couple stations and that's as far as it goes. And it, it would have just been a little extension of the buses. And so th there was that feeling of, oh my gosh, are we doing this right? Will it work? And then when Prop 400 passed, it was huge relief. And when we opened up in 2008, it was huge relief. And this the next year of seeing how bonkers successful it was, was great. So in that regard, I think that has changed. That unease and that, oh, dear Lord, are we going to make it? So I think that's the biggest difference is that, oh, my gosh, wow, this is crazy to, yeah, no, this is great. We're doing a great job. We were the Regional Public Transportation Authority, and then Valley Metro Rail was a separate office, and those two offices combined under a single CEO, and that was a major shift because we were two completely different entities with two different sets of staff, two different identities, the whole thing. And so once those combined and we all became Valley Metro under one umbrella, that sort of shifted, I think, everyone's outlook, everyone's seen the region grow together and the projects working hand in hand, whether they be the bus projects working with the rail projects or now rail working and integrating streetcar, all of those things all weave together and it makes it a lot easier for, I think, employees because we see that it's one package really. I mean, all the things have to work together. It's not just one thing driving the entire system. All of the things need to work together. I mean, from carpooling all the way up to light rail and everything in between all has to work together to give people the most options that they can have. A lot of changes that we've gone through, I think an APC change on our buses, which was pretty big, a lot of big technological changes. So the APC AVL system. So this may be more like on the back end stuff that I noticed, but you know, getting all that rich data and then putting out the real time that was associated with that, I thought was a pretty big a change for the region. So I'm sure that you have a lot of favorite stories and memories, but would you just share one fun story or memory with us? That's a really hard one because I've been here 20 years. That's a lot of memories. But one of my favorite memories was for the original alignment, CPEV. It was a huge effort. I had the same public process that I do now. I don't remember the number, but we had however many stations there are on CPEV. We had a community group who selected the artist. They were the stakeholder art review committee. So that's SARC. We had that number of SARCs times however many stations we had. 
And so I was able to have a party for them, an appreciation for all the volunteers, because back in 2008, it was such a big thing. There were funds available. We had those huge opening up celebrations because the cities were rightly proud, justly proud of what they'd accomplished and what they'd done. So opening day, we had these huge parties. Just maybe a couple months prior to that, while the train was going, I had asked and received confirmation that I could have an appreciation event for all the volunteers. We had tons of engineers, just like we do now. The engineers, the architects, the contractors, they all put in so much of their heart and soul, and not to mention the artists. So I really wanted to have an appreciation event for them. And it was in a two-part. We started at the Heard Museum, and we ended up at the MP Transit Center and the contractors and the architects, they put up the money for it and so we could have alcohol. And I recall, I have a picture, almost every single artist was able to make it. And there's a picture and we're all kind of holding up our glasses saying cheers. That moment when it was like big sigh of relief, we were done. All the artists were amazed at what they'd done. The community involvement, they were all amazed at what they had done. The contractors and the designers we're all kind of amazed at their accomplishments. So that was a really nice one. And I feel the same way with every alignment that we open, but I think that one was the first one. And it was, it was, wow, we did this. So that was probably one of the best. One that really stands out to me, <laughs> it's kind of funny, is that back when the auction pavilion was being built, it was actually called Desert Sky Pavilion when they first were building it. And our director at that time, Ken Driggs, actually received an invitation to the groundbreaking of that, <laughs> that event. And knowing that I was a big fan of Don Johnson and Miami Vice was a big show at that time, and he was a special guest at this groundbreaking. So knowing that I was a huge fan of the show, Ken said, you know what, here's the invitation. You go and represent us and you have fun. And so I went to the groundbreaking. I actually got to plant a tree with Don Johnson. And at that time, the mayor of Phoenix was actually Paul Johnson. So there was a big joke going on at the event with them saying, oh, we're related. And it was really fun. But the really cool thing is that the next morning when I came into the office, Ken came up to me, handed me a newspaper, and he said, gosh, I didn't know that you were a dignitary. And there on the front cover of the West Valley View newspaper was me with a shovel in my hand digging in the dirt with, for the tree and Don Johnson standing next to me and it made the cover and that to me it's like to this day I still laugh because I had no idea that this would turn into something of that nature. Favorite. So that's a uh, high bar there but probably more recently I got to go to Miami so I don't know if that's a cheat since technically I wasn't here but I got to present some of the modeling and statistical work that we're doing in service planning related to a program called T-Best at the Rail Evolution Now Impact Conference that is actually coming to town next year. So met a lot of folks there, and I'm sure they'll all be coming here, so it'll be a bit of a reunion of sorts. But it was really good to have the privilege to go out there, even hit South Beach and swim when I got to kind of sneak away for a bit. But that was pretty exciting because I had never been to Miami. I think one of my favorite memories is just actually getting to know people who've worked here over the years, some that I've maintained connections with for people who are no longer here, but you stay connected on Facebook or you see them out and about in your neighborhood or at different events. I think those are some of my favorite memories of just the people connections that you can make. 
And it's not always just internal connections. It's people that I've known just through working with the board and working through the different committees, some of the staff people in some of the cities that you sort of make personal relationships with and, you know, you chit chat and that kind of thing. So those are some some really good memories. What does it feel like to reach this milestone? People say time flies. It really does fly. 35 years is obviously a long time. I, I've raised my family through Valley Metro. I have three great kids that I was able to raise while working here. And I just feel like I haven't really gotten older. And I don't feel like, <laughs> I just feel like I have a lot more to still give to Valley Metro. So, you know, 35 years is a long time, but sometimes it doesn't feel like that long at all. A big sigh of relief that I'm still around. I feel kind of proud. I mean, there are occasions where I'm like, ah, I guess I'll, I'll just, I just keep doing what I'm doing. But I'm actually, I'm doing what I'm doing because I really like it. I feel very committed to the agency. I feel very committed to Valley Metro that we're on the right side. So I do feel really blessed that I can say, hey, not only did my job make me happy, but I feel like I was contributing, that I was a part of something bigger than myself. I wholeheartedly believe in transit as a solution to a lot of the problems that our community and our world face. I also think that art is a huge part of that solution to all kinds of issues. I'm inordinately proud of all the artists that I've worked with and some of the ones that came from very humble experience beginnings to now they've gone off and they're national, international artists. And I'm not saying that was all because of me, but you know, I was glad to be a part of that. It's always a learning experience between what the artist brings to the table and what I can bring to the table to help them get through. I've learned so much from the engineers and the architects that I've worked with, as well as the contractors, the inspectors, everybody that I've worked with, all the agency staff. It's amazing how green I was. I thought I knew much more than I actually did when I came here. It stuck up pretty fast, actually. I mean, we've been so busy, especially through the pandemic. I feel like that was like a whole time warp. But just hitting the milestone, I felt like it kind of a point of pride that we've done so much and come so far with the information that we've given, with the services that we've provided, and all the things that I've learned and the people that I've met. So it was definitely a point of kind of reflection in the midst of the go, go, go kind of heavy workload that we've been under lately. That was a good feeling to know that five years had passed and who knows how many more to come, but I think we're in a pretty good position and just getting a lot of interesting work lately with the origin destination survey, the West Valley microtransit stuff and all the microtransit stuff generally that's going on that just a lot of good opportunities for us to, to help people out and develop our own skills. So glad to have hit it. It makes me feel old. No, actually, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Truthfully, it doesn't seem like 36 years. It's almost a, like a blink in time, right? time just goes much more quickly than we ever realize when we're in the moment. Then we kind of look back and it's like, how in the world has it been that long? I think what's exciting to me is that I still love working for the agency. I love working in the Commute Solutions Department of the agency and being able to connect with people from all types of industries, helping them affect the change of how their employees are commuting to and from work. So it gives me an opportunity to really meet so many people from different areas, get to go to events and just affect that change. And I, I think that's what really stands out to me is that if you still love what you're doing, then you know you're in the right place. Wow, after hearing from all of those colleagues about 
the cool things they've witnessed, the changes they've gotten to be a part of, and the memories that they share at Valley Metro, it made me really excited for the future and what my career might be like here. Maddie, what's your favorite memory of working at Valley Metro? I think probably the coolest thing I've done so far is walk across the light rail only bridge over the I-17 that's currently in construction for the Northwest Extension Phase 2. What about you? Maddie, I'm going to throw it back to my first year working at Valley Metro where we got to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of light rail, our railversary as it was affectionately known. And we got to celebrate with free rides, which is totally awesome. We know everyone loves celebrating with free rides. And it was just an awesome opportunity to see these communities come together and people utilize light rail after 10 years being in the Valley. Look at that. You've already been a part of Valley Metro's important history just in your five years working here. I know. And I'm looking forward to so many more memories ahead, including more episodes of Shifting Gears and Storylines. So speaking of our podcasts, we would love to investigate, interview, talk about something that you all are interested in learning. So if you have an idea for a future episode, please send an email to podcast at valleymetro.org. And don't forget to subscribe where you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For Valley Metro, I'm Madeline. I'm Brittany. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Alex Otsos. Peter Corkery is the executive producer. I'm Madeline Phipps with Brittany Hoffman. Thanks for listening. 